So sweet girl. I hope everyone's primed and ready. A little bit. Always. Uh, yeah. Everyone's primed and ready for, for a Puff and Prosper podcast. What's up, everybody? Um, so we're actually deep in the heart of Texas again at one of my favorite uh, facilities with these guys who started this company called Power Bio Farms. Um, I'm with Colt and Nick. These guys are the faces. Um, they're holding it down. There's a ton of people still working tirelessly behind the scenes, behind the camera uh, to keep this operation going. So we're going to kind of dive into who they are, how they got here, how they're doing it in Texas and what's new. So I'll let you take it away. You guys just kind of introduce power. You know, I kind of want to know just personally how you even how does how do people wake up one day and say like, hey, I'm in Texas. I'm going to start growing hemp or cannabis or any of that sure. stuff and playing this game. Like wh- where how did you get there? I'll, uh, I'll go first. Um, go ahead. So I uh, grew up in Dallas, you know, I'm from here, went off to school and came back, kind of always wanted to always love Texas, wanted to try to build business here, went straight into commercial real estate after uh, after college and was doing that through the pandemic. Liked it just fine, was doing great, but never always kind of knew I wanted to start something on my own. I just didn't really know what it was going to be. Um, and then when COVID hit, it really just uh, expedited that process from like, all right, this is the time to figure something out. I went and immediately uh, applied to get my MBA so I could try to understand more than than just real estate right. at a deeper level. And um, it just happened to be about a year before that I'd personally found CBD and it had, it had really benefited me. And around that time, too, I was really starting to open up to THC more and learn about it as well. And uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I grew up kind of wanting to be in medicine. My mom has MS. My dad has had 19 orthopedic surgeries. He used to be an athlete and um, you know, there's not great treatments for, right. for, th- for conditions like MS or, or really ongoing stuff for chronic pain. And um, I don't know, I knew it could benefit people and I knew it, it was something that the government tried to make go away for a long time and they couldn't. And now that it's opening back up, it's just, it's an unparalleled opportunity to get into the ground level on something that really helps people. So badass. to me, it was a no brainer. Yeah. Badass. What about um, this guy? I'm, I'm Nick. <laughs> I'm the director of cultivation here at uh, power bio farms. But um, I originally came to Texas for the service industry. I've been a chef for nearly almost 20 years. You know, the I'm originally from Fort Smith, Arkansas. There wasn't very many uh, chef opportunities <laughs> there. Not very good. Um, so I moved down here to the DFW area, was doing that up until COVID happened, went back for a few months. And at that time, I was I, I decided I wasn't going to let the government dictate, you know, my income, things right. like that. Yep. You know, so I, I got with a local shop and told them, if you know anybody looking for a grower, anybody, you know, starting a, a facility or an operation to let me know. And um, the owner of that store got with me about. Two months later, told me about Colt, introduced me. And then, uh, I mean, it gives me goosebumps thinking uh, about it. Yeah. You know, I, I can't uh, can't believe that we're to this point now. You know, we're, what, almost two and a half years, yeah. almost three yeah. years later. And uh-huh. we've created this, oh, yeah. this machine now. And the three-year mark is such a telltale sign. And, you know, you guys are going to breeze right past it, obviously. Um, I like how you guys are taking off, I think, I've seen it grow exponentially over the last two and a half years. When I first met you guys, I met you at one, I met you at one event, I think. And yes. Then yeah. Down in Austin. You. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So, uh, yeah, I've just been watching, you know, from, from down South in Houston and stuff and watching it grow exponentially, which is great. And I think 
the way that you guys harness Texas is is super cool because we're we're pioneering right now, right? You know, well, and that and that was like like I was saying, the obviously this industry is coming out of the earthwork or coming out of the ground, but yeah. but in Texas, it's like we're late to the party, and there's yeah. more opportunity than ever. And I don't know that there's really any other state that has more pride for things that come from here than and, and other people from here than than Texas. Amen. So. Amen. Yeah. And it, so it, good, good little time to plug uh, Martin House Brewery is one of my, yeah. my inspirations. But really, so like their little mo- motto of like buy Texans for Texans was like that kind of like mindset is really what I was like, I want to be that for cannabis. Can can we talk about this? Like, what is this? And this can is like. This is probably the loudest thing I've ever seen. That's why also I life. love about Martin House. <laughs> no one else. No one else thinks of stuff like that. People. Oh, I, I've had experience with these seltzers, too. And everybody uses the term like cannabis in a can or uh-huh. be in a can and like to literally make it. Let me tell you, that's, on that's a can not, that's not, that's just alcohol. Yeah. So with this terpenes. Is an yeah, 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 with no, yeah, but that's, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. That, that's what a great concept. Cause when you're on a shelf with everyone else, uh-huh. how are you going to differentiate? Well, let's just, let's just be blatant about it. So, Absolutely. Oh, people awesome. are visual. <laughs> yeah. The collaborations are cool. A lot of people are getting into that. I actually yeah. wanted to talk to you guys about that because like, I think there's something else in this industry that I kind of feel. I don't know if you guys ever feel it with with kind of the crew that you run with. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people are very like, I think it's from where this industry comes from. But a lot of people have their doors closed and oh, sorry. So, a lot of people have their doors closed and, and even their mind closed to like mm-hmm. opening up, talking to people, collaborating, sharing knowledge even. Um, so like the collaborations are huge. I wanted to get y'all's opinion on kind of the state of the industry, you know, and how you guys have, have been over the last two years. Sure. I'll uh, just start with this too. I mean, I think there's, there's kind of two parts of co- two types of collaboration. In my opinion, you've got kind of the inner industry and then mm-hmm. you got the like cross cross right. industry and Which like with Martin house, like those are, are super interesting to me because it we're so throttled on how and where we can advertise and get exposure on things tapping into whenever you can collaborate work with someone who already has reach or exposure or maybe they're not yeah. as limited i mean that's massive um and that that's obviously a huge upside but then also to your point of like kind of just lifting the curtain with other people in the industry it's mm-hmm. like we all really can benefit that way and and like when we stop all stop trying to do everything on our own in our own little secret way in a corner and and if nothing else just help each other all be a little bit better yeah everybody benefits yeah it's, it's not as like there's a lot more business to go around. And if we're all better at it, we're all going to do better. hundred percent. And like, even with, with my experience starting to become a grower, right? Like partnering with even Jeremy and doing mm-hmm. things in Texas. Like I've always had the mindset of the more we can all learn from this, the better, because eventually we're all going to come out the other side mm-hmm. with good processes, maybe good genetics, good, exactly. good attitudes. We right. all learn Try that from on each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. I don't like, I think at the top you're collaborating, you know, the competition is, is, is so uh, draining and stuff. And so I think that it sets an example too, by y'all hosting me, having me, this is not my first time being here. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and you guys are always welcome, obviously to anything that I'm doing. And I think doing that, it sets you guys apart. I think from the rest, because stealing audiences, sharing audiences, and then sharing knowledge and experience uh, between companies too, I think is great. And it's something that this industry kind of embodies. Mm -hmm. And I hate that. Like sometimes uh, there is this animosity and friction between us, you know, between companies and stuff uh, out there. It's just because I feel like we can all win and I'm ready for everyone to win. Exactly. Um, and that's kind of why I'm on this whole tour, you know, of like yeah. trying to drum everybody up because I did see that there was a platform lacking. Um, and, you know, that's kind of what brought me mm-hmm. here to to this show, if you could call it. Uh, we're just greasing our wheels, trying to get 
more knowledge out there about these companies and you guys, I just wanted to highlight you. So um, what's new? Because I know there's so, so much to keep up with. The industry changes mm-hmm. so rapidly. Uh, social media moves so rapidly. So, so quick. maybe just uh, lay it down. Give us an update on like what's the newest. I know we got the the drinks here. We got some products, but what's new? Sure. Well, I mean, I think at an industry level, um, obviously this is this is an alcoholic drink, but I think the infused seltzer, infused kind of beverage world, yeah. that, that's finally, we've been hearing about it for a while. I think we're really starting to see certain brands kind of take off or um, get some more traction. Yep. And um, and really what surprised me there too is uh, some of those seltzers showing up in pretty mainstream type locations yeah. that that I don't think, I, that surprised me like a THC seltzer is the first thing to break, break in in some of these places. Um, but outside of that, uh, you know, the whole THCA craze is, is really, when I first started hearing about it, I couldn't believe, I thought that was going to get shut down immediately. Yeah, and years. it continues to ride. And, you know, I'm sure at some point it, it might get changed, but I don't see it coming in the next couple of months. Right. And totally. that's, that's something that we uh, are now and are now have now gotten involved in. And, um, you know, we're, we started blending our flour with some, with some really right. high quality THCA flour to make a similar, um, like a one-to-one blend, like some of the yeah. gummies and, and other things we make that, uh, yeah. Which much. I love that you say that because mixing for people that don't know this mixing like a high CBD flower in a high TCA flower gives you an unmatched feeling to 100%. be honest. Like it's, it's like a little thing. I can't believe I didn't know it sooner either. Yeah. Uh, even with gummies, like a one-to-one ratio, I, I yeah. didn't know it sooner. And I, it makes it, a huge difference. It makes a huge difference. Yeah. Huge difference. And I, People always like to see like 0% CBD. I got 50% THC. Right. You know, I'm going to have the time of my life. Yeah. yeah. It's not like that. Yeah. And no, that's just, the numbers don't matter <laughs> that big. Yeah. It's not that big of a deal. Well, in some of these TH, I mean, THCA strains, it's like, you, unless you smoke a lot, you don't not need a sure. full gram 28% joint. <laughs> like, and you're not going to be like better what? for it. You but, don't? Yeah. I'm not saving you don't, but you're going to have a, you're going to feel better and uh, like more comfortable if you do yeah. like a one-to-one blend or have a little bit, a little bit less of that. So. Yes. We also advocate for responsible use on the Puff and Prosper <laughs> yeah, podcast. Sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, now, so, uh, went it over. what else is new? I mean, we got the TACA stuff and, um, the Delta eight. Lotion. Yeah. Oh, a lotion. Power relief. Is it? powerful i would assume anything from you guys is powerful. Yeah, i believe this one has what 10 percent menthol in this one 10 percent menthol um i found i just looked in on the market for uh the highest comparable uh menthol percentage and we and we matched that right my, my grandmother used to go to the horse supply store like the tractor supply and get and get a veterinarian ointment for yeah. horses so i don't think it'll hurt you too much but it's it's great stuff the there's delta 8 in there which i think not enough people know topically how effective it is right not intoxicating at all so it's, you know, I can give that to anyone who's a first time user with the same confidence as a CBD isolate gummy and just say, hey, if you got a, yeah. a spot that hurts, right on. rub that on there and it's going to feel better. Apply directly where it hurts. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it works great. So yeah. I use it for my knee every single day. Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's game changing. When you find a topical that works too, everybody always like just gets addicted and dependent yeah. on it. So, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we, we'd made one. Our first one was a, a balm, more oily based kind of thicker yeah. pasty type. And not um, as much. I don't think we even put no menthol. menthol. Yeah, yeah. No menthol in that one. And, um, I was, I'd gotten a lot of customer feedback. People loved it, said it worked great, but it's too, too oily. Yeah. You know, if they put it on their hands for arthritis, they'd have to wash their hands before they got to work or, or yeah. different things. And, um, so we'd been wanting to, to do this, but just took us a little time to, to get it figured out. But now I'm really happy. Right on. Yeah. Yeah, the world like needs more like 
effective topicals. I feel like topicals and oil sometimes you can get into the snake oil stuff where real quick it's too low for you or yeah. you know it's just yeah, seed yeah. oil or whatever. It's not really CBD. Yeah. Um, it's dosage so much, yeah. and there has been that because it's not going to get anyone high or oh, yeah. and it's there's you can make a lot of them that are there's zero THC. That's the first stuff that got into the mainstream, and that's where customers yeah, yeah. were taking advantage of of like a five milligrams, six ounce CBD topical Definitely. and people paying a hundred dollars for it. Definitely. And then they're like, this feels like a normal lotion. And it's like, it is. <laughs> and the, I think the realization of what these cannabinoids can do for you when people are first time users and they, they try a topical mm -hmm. on something that has just like been kicking their ass for years or for so long it's persisting mm -hmm. and they try the topical and they get consistent with it and they see the change. It's like you own them. You know, at that yeah, point, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, it's like hand of God type of, right. of solutions for people. And it's crazy to see those realizations. Even my folks are in their 60s and stuff. Mm -hmm. They're just now trying this. And they're like, wow, how have I not been using this yeah, for so long, exactly. so much yeah. longer? Where's right? this been my whole life, you know? <laughs> I, I love the the idea or the concept of a really effective topical, too, because I feel like that's the easiest way to lower right. the, the stigma or the fear hurdle for yeah. any customer. It's just like, hey, so this is, yeah, very low risk. Well, we cannot come to power bio farms even with a, even with the ph uh without talking about growing so give us a little info on like what have you learned the trials and tribulations of growing in texas that's a good time to crack the beer <laughs> let's do it let's do it i'll try it <laughs> sour so it's a sour beer this i've never sour. actually Martin had a House sour is known beer. for 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 their sour beer it's a this matched or mm. yeah it was modeled after yeah, one of our sour. gummy flavors a prickly pear watermelon yeah, it's pretty good actually. It's delicious. It's like a it's like a Jolly Rancher. It's got that kick right at the end. Yeah, well, it's not it's not messing around at eight point four percent. Yeah, I can feel my four chest two, here four popping two out. Zero yeah, eight point four two zero. We went to three decimal points to give the give the industry nod. Hilarious. There. So yeah. Four twenty. The nod. <laughs> Hilarious. Well, I don't know if I could finish this and be able to drive, but uh, I'll be here, so you can just leave it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, for sure. But what's the like? What's the trial and tribulations like of of you know growing in Texas? Because I know you had experience, right? One prior, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I've had experience in all, in indoor growing. Okay. I mean, we're not obviously we're not an outside facility. We don't have greenhouses, sure. hoops, anything <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? Um, but mainly it's just, I would say climate control has been my number one right. here in Texas. You know, because it has the swings. You know, it's so hot, July and August. You yeah. know. We have the AC going full blast yeah. all the time, you know, yes, yeah. it's running nonstop. Um, other than that, I would say finding pretty consistent genetics in the hemp mm -hmm. game has been yeah, pretty yeah. tough. Always. Because it seems like a lot of the genetic companies are just, you know, they just pop it out. You know, they're they're not going a couple of generations deep right. in their breeding or anything like right. that. And the quality standards so much lower when so many of the growers were putting it outdoors and they just, you know, who yeah, cares? Definitely. It's just like it's all going to extraction anyway. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of them don't care. So yeah. yeah. You you can definitely see the the growers who put more love into their right. products, mm -hmm. you know. Right. You can tell. Yeah. But um, I would think the genetics would probably be number one. That's been pretty tough yeah. for us to I feel that. To capture that. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd say outside of that, like, yeah, you had great systems coming in. You knew how to do everything. And it's just like we we started with 18 different strains and and ran a table of each. So two lights of yep. each. And uh that took us a couple cycles to get through all that. But um 
real quickly was able to take off the table like most of them because yeah, they were yeah. just a lot of them. just out of control or immediately uh -huh. through herm like through pollen sacks yeah. or different things but we got it down to three or four and then from there yeah you're trying to find like that right pheno and um not like unlike in more medical cannabis or, or, or medical marijuana where you can go get the cutting or, or basically like more easily tap into work that's been done by others. That's just not there. Yeah. And it's been around for so long yeah. generations. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when we finally, it was just this year where I got a hold of another pretty well-known farm in, in the U S and, and got cuttings for right that. on because we were just tired of dealing with it. Yeah. You know, so obviously nobody grows smokable hemp or anything. But do you grow for flour? Would you say we're you allowed for to do that? We, you just can't turn it into a smokable, into a smokable. product. That's what I mean. But do you, yeah. do you grow for flour? Absolutely. Right on. And that was the that was the intent all along. You know, we had we have systems set up to be able to take advantage of the other revenue streams or just the fact that things are not going to go perfect every time. No. Nope, and you got to still be able to monetize however possible out of it. So right. you know, we we um, you can't really make a high quality rosin or or a decent yielding rosin without using top quality indoor flour. So that was something mm -hmm. we we leaned into uh, early on. Um, but yes, it's all, it's all intended to be, right. to, to be coming out as flower. Yeah. And that's a great transition. Cause I did want to touch on the solvent list and the rosin side, you guys doing that is such a differentiator. Um, obviously I don't, obviously not everything that you guys do is rosin, right? Yeah. It's but, not practical for, for some products, some things, right. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. Uh, but having a full spectrum product like that, where you're basically just using the heat and pressure to extract mm -hmm. and put it right into the product. Um, that is un untapped, I feel like, in this industry. I mean, I know some of the bigger players are finally doing it now consistently, but for the longest time, like even three years ago, people were not using rosin. It wasn't cost-effective or anything. Mm -hmm. People didn't have the machines or the knowledge. Exactly. Um, so that was one of the things when early on when I learned about you guys, when I saw your presses and stuff, I was like, okay, their head is on straight, obviously, because I can tell by the way everything is, is in here and the way you guys act and conduct yourself. And then obviously, obviously when we went to the extraction room, it's like there's presses in here. You have a full spectrum uh, rosin product and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Uh, what what made you make that decision? Did you always want to bring that in? I'll answer real quick and then see what you said. But uh, I tried to look at the other markets and kind of trends of the general industry as we looked at kind of like what we were going to get into and, and what we were going to try to establish early on. And um, solvent list was really one of those things that was clearly like rising in popularity and almost mm -hmm. all the top um, top price skews right. in, in the established markets were, were rosin based yeah. or solvent list based. And I knew that even if it wasn't here yet, if we were just basically taking the time until it became popular to get better at it. And so that we'd be the best at it when the time came, Right, that was the idea. And then also knowing like there's other people doing large scale extraction that doesn't need to be our game. Like, where is there also just less people with specialty? Beautiful. That's, that's what I looked at. Cause we, I mean, we bought that press two years, two years ago, roughly. And that's, I was like, you know, what are we going to do? You know, mm -hmm. where do we want to start? Mm -hmm. What products do we want to make? And we want to be this ultra premium indoor brand. It mm -hmm. starts with rosin products. Yep. I mean, it's yeah. single-handedly one of the number one sellers we have too, as well. I mean, yeah. the quality of that rosin it just speaks volumes yeah. to the to the end product right. that's right. coming out. You know, it it, it, it it helps break the stigma for people yeah. because it's one more thing you could say this is solvent list. Right, we're it's not using more any natural. chemicals. Yeah, we're not using this, and then you could. I don't want to say persuade people, but you can nudge them to right. our mar right. market. The guard comes down exactly. easier. 
Yeah. yeah. It um it's one of the few extraction methods too that's a bit more nuanced and like by feel. You know, it's there's come like there's an artisanal side to it yeah, versus 100%. like it's like muscle memory and yeah, all that into it. Yeah, yeah, similar to growing. So they kind of go hand in hand where it's like it, it helps establish ourselves yeah as the craft people and and the like artisanal quality that it's harder to replicate. Yeah, and it does start with the flower too. If you can't yes. perfect that or even source good stuff that uh, from someone who's perfected that it's a lot more difficult. Yeah. It, uh, we, we thought there was going to be more opportunity in, in providing uh, rosin extraction as a service for other farms and things. Right. Um, granted, most of the people who've reached out have been outdoor farmers, but we'd say send a sample and we'll try our best and see if it yields. And for the most part, you just, it's just not, it's not, it's not there. Yeah. yeah. It wouldn't be worth it for yeah. them. You know, it's yeah. definitely not cost effective for yeah. a lot of the outdoor, especially here in Texas. It seems like a lot of the outdoor grows for flower him mm-hmm. i'll call it flower him mm-hmm. um it seems like it's just really really dry really yeah. really dry yeah, yeah. Really dry. not resiny yeah yeah you've also got issues with um there's just there's just a lot more exposure to contaminants pollutants and things in the outdoor grow and that is something that solvent extraction doesn't remedy like right. you know if you send something through ethanol extraction and distillation it can be covered in mold and it's going to be great on the other side right um you don't want that but obviously it'll be it'll be fine but with, with solventless yeah you got to have really good clean starting materials so. definitely it's cool to see the industry learning and getting more educated people are becoming like hash heads and they know oh, what yeah. rosin is and stuff and so it's cool to see like as it's expanding one that you guys are adapting appropriately um but also to just see more people i think having knowledge and being able to decipher all of the thousands of products that are out there and what they'll do or offer you yeah. you know definitely have to uh, keep ourselves in check in that it's like we and and connoisseurs and industry people yeah. have a certain level of language and there's and there's things but then there's like yeah. the general population and consumers and it's like where are the where's that overlap of where there's yeah. this new thing is that is interesting and known to to the general population or they're even like sure. ready to meet it yeah for yeah. sure yeah yeah it's really cool well um basically i hope everyone's learning from this i hope everyone got a little bit more insight on power biofarms who these guys are um how do you spell your name by the way colton right Col- uh, C-O-L-T? Oh, not Colton. Uh, C O L T O N, yeah. O N, yeah. My my proper O N, like a man. Colton, just had to put that out there for everyone to set the record straight. Uh, and I'm glad that having two Coltons in the room did not implode the universe or anything like that. So, uh, no, thank you guys seriously for. I, I like to always have a section of this be gratitude. I'm seriously grateful for having to be able to host this here and rearrange your beautiful place really quickly and make an impromptu studio and. Uh, but anyway, just to like even grace you guys' presence, see what you got going on. It's inspiring even on my own uh, my own accord. So uh, I did want to just thank you guys for for taking me on, being on this first rough season of Puff and Prosper. But uh, we're going to continue to be on the forefront of everything to do with CBD, hemp, and cannabis, um, not only in the Texas market, but beyond. We've got a lot of more pioneers in this industry coming up on this season later on. So thank you for tuning in. This episode was brought to you exclusively by Power Biofarms. Don't forget it. Uh, Check them out on social media, on Instagram. They do a lot of cool content and their website is beautiful. Easy for you to go buy some of their amazing products. Uh, So check them out. And of course, like, share, comment, talk shit in the comments, whatever you want to do. You can talk about Nick's haircut, whatever. I know it's burning in your minds. Problems. Uh, but yeah, leave us leave us some love and some engagement. God knows we need it. Uh, the platforms are not going to help us out at all. Um, and definitely subscribe to everything that Puff and Prosper's got going on. we got a lot more coming your way. So thank you guys and thank everybody. We'll see you on the next one. Thanks for having us, man. Really Have appreciate a good one. It. It's fun. All right.
Hell yeah, dude. I love the, the low stress podcast. Yeah.